folks, if you wanted to come to our Effective Manager Conference for quite a while, but either we don't come to your location or you simply can't afford it because your company won't pay, we understand, and that's why we've created our video Effective Manager Conference series of videos. You will be able to see the entire conference on video, including the practice, broken down into small 10 to 15 minute segments. Each segment has a quiz and there's a transcript to go with it through which you can search for those topics you wish to go back on. Come to the website, check it out, get a license for our video effective manager conference. Welcome to Manager Tools. First meeting new direct series, Tell the Truth, part two. Here we go. You know, many new directs feel a strong need to earn respect from those around them from the very beginning. Right? That's right. That's natural, right? It, it, but unfortunately, they don't know enough about their job, about the internal systems, about the politics, all those things where they can yet achieve a high effectiveness right away. And then they get an asked a, asked a question, right? And this is kind of one of these systemic things, right? They, that managers can do a lot to help alleviate uh, some of the issues around, which is they get asked a question they don't know, they feel like they're supposed to know, and so or 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 even if they're not supposed to know, it would definitely make them look good if they did know, especially when they're not supposed to have to know. Like, wow, I'm ahead of the curve, right? We, right. we have a, yeah. we, you have an old, you and I have an old friend, former friend, who used to tell us how many weeks ahead of the monthly childhood development timeline their oldest child was oh yeah she's two weeks ahead of this she's at six months she's two weeks ahead you know yeah wow means yeah it's great, great. <laughs> this is the same guy whose wife and him used to put their kids to bed every night with benadryl because it made them sleep easier so yeah it's not just that they are not supposed to know but it would make them look good and so people bluff they do and so we recommend that you tell your new team members it's okay not to know the hows and the whos and the whys in their first few weeks and to be comfortable saying, I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, they, they want to be valuable right away. Yeah. And they don't want to be that guy, right, who never amounts to much, even though he had the promise of, of being great, you know, when he was a new hire, right? Yeah. Managers hire people that they think are going to be good. We don't, we don't go around hiring people. They're going to be blah, right? We don't. So therefore we think they're good. We have this impression that they're going to impress us early on that so we probably unconsciously put some of these burdens on them. And then people just feed us back what we kind of want to hear. Not saying it's our responsibility when they say, I know something I don't know, or they they just skip over the fact that they don't know it, or they, they don't answer the question directly. It's still their responsibility, but managers probably make it easier. Look, they want to be better, but their lack of knowledge of how things work is significant. Processes and systems internally in a company, even if they worked at your company but in a different department, that matters enormously. Just because somebody's a good marketer or a good engineer doesn't mean they know how to get things done on your team. Being a good engineer, being a good developer, doesn't mean they know how to get things done within the context of what it is you do. If you've been around in a company for a long time, I think you underestimate how important it is to understand the internal politics and how communication happens and who's who and yeah. all that. I think, you know, it's part, it's part of goodwill when you, when you're in an organization for a long time, part of your value is you understand all that. 
Yeah, we, we've said that many times on the cast. People don't understand it, that there is something that essentially goes by the name of career goodwill. And uh, when companies are bought and sold, it's not just a totaling up of their monetary value of their assets. There's also the reputation of the brands that they have and so on. Uh, you know, Procter & Gamble comes to mind as an alumnus and they, you know, they have a lot of goodwill. They're worth a great deal. Their brand is worth a great deal in the marketplace. The same way Google and Apple clearly are today and many, many other great companies. And people have goodwill too. And when you leave company A and go to company B, the increase in salary that you're getting is in part a way to compensate you for your loss of goodwill that you know how things work in your existing company but when you go to the new company you won't have those friendships those relationships those histories those politics those connections those understandings of the processes and the systems and so they have to pay you more your company says it's easier to work here because you know that stuff. And the other company says, it's going to be harder to work here, so we're going to pay you more to assuage some of that pain. They don't immediately know that to get a certain thing done, they have to go and talk to so-and-so. And, oh, by the way, make sure not to link it to a technical project or she's going to take forever with requirements and that'll be a big deal. And, you know, they come back and they did what they thought was the right thing and then one of their colleagues goes, oh, yeah, sorry, you didn't know that. I should have told you. I apologize. So, and look, guys, think about it. Think about how often conversations in staff meetings and project meetings are about what has to be done, when it has to be done, who's going to do it, and the details of how it's going to be done versus just the idea itself or the idea's ramifications in the market. Okay, When you hired the person you're got who's new, you screen them for the ability to get things done, but you only had data about how they did it in previous organizations. The new organization, your organization, means they have to learn new stuff, people's processes, systems, and so on. So they're at a disadvantage in the beginning. You hired them because you wanted them to be an advantage, but they're not initially because their lack of knowledge. And so we need to reassure them. You have to say to them, look, I know you don't know this stuff, and it's not a problem. Otherwise, for a lot of people, I've seen this happen over and over and over again. Uh, it's one of those things that nobody really thinks about, but it happens all the time. New people's desire to make a good early impression without the knowledge that they really need to do so will lead them to overpraise, overpromise, misunderstand, hide mistakes due to lack of knowledge, ruffle people's feathers, avoid reaching out for help. God, who hasn't done that a thousand mm. times? When somebody on the team would have been happy to say, oh yeah, just go over and ask Terry. She has a bunch of history with that. She knows what stuff goes where in the budget. It'll be no problem. But if they don't ask, because asking implies they don't know, then they never get the knowledge. Um, so. so do for me what you did in our previous point and give me an example of how it might sound, manager talking to their direct about this. Okay, here's how it might sound. You're new. You want to make a good impression. Hell, I want you to make a good impression because I hired you. Your good impression makes me look good, and your bad impressions make me look <laughs> bad. No offense. But please, don't confuse wanting to do well early on with being willing to bend the truth or hide your mistakes or hide your lack of knowledge. I'm going to hold you to the same high standards about truthfulness and integrity from day one, 
even while I give you more leeway to make mistakes. It's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to lie or to cover something up or to mislead. If you could ask something that you don't know about, say, I don't know. If you want to say, gosh, I haven't learned that yet, or I'm sorry, I don't know. It's fine. We're not going to hold it against you. And if I hear somebody saying, you know, rolling their eyes at you and say, oh, the new guy doesn't know anything, I'm going to take them aside and give them some negative feedback and say, you want the guy to be a contributing member of the team? Don't shame him for not knowing. Help him learn how to know. One of the things that nobody seems to talk about career-wise is how much somebody's ability getting things done internally is a function of knowledge you can only learn internally. Even if you're the smartest guy in the world in this particular area with a long history of doing it well, your lack of knowledge of our systems, our politics, our relationships, our policies, our procedures, and just where the hell stuff is will keep you from performing at the level you're accustomed to. There's going to be a dip in your performance compared to what you were doing before. Again, part of that's goodwill. So accept now that you're not going to perform here in the first few months at the same level you did as in the last role, and that's normal. And then what you have to do as well is resist the urge to avoid looking bad. And it's not making a mistake that's a problem. It's your fear of looking bad. I don't have any problem with you making a mistake because you don't know something. That's fine. I have a problem with you not knowing something, acting as if you do, being afraid of asking people for help, saying you know it. And then because you wanted to avoid looking bad and appearing to not know something, end up stepping on toes you shouldn't be stepping on. So please resist the urge to cover up your lack of knowledge by acting as if you know something when you really don't. This is a common mistake of new hires. You know this if you think about it at all. It happens everywhere in the world. The fear of not knowing something is built on a falsehood at this point in your career, which is that you're supposed to know that thing. But you can't know how everything works here yet. So your lack of knowledge is normal. It's not a problem. So the fear of looking bad because you don't know is silly too, because we know you don't know, and we know you aren't supposed to know yet. So I hereby give you a complete pass on what you don't know about how things work around here. Don't try to act like you do know, because I know you don't. And that means you're going to have to learn to say, I don't know, a lot. And that's fine with me. Again, I encourage you to say, I don't know. One more thing about saying, I don't know. Most new people who have joined our team see it as a weakness. Hopefully, I've shown you how it's not. What's perhaps hidden in all this is it's actually a strength. Lying to cover up your weakness is an admission of weakness layered over with some wrong behaviors as well. Being honest about your lack of knowledge tells others that you're confident enough to admit you have areas to improve. Don't compound your error. Be honest about it. And you might be able to get away with glossing over things with some of the people on the team, but you won't get away with it with me. And I'll be looking for that. I'll look, be looking for your willingness to say, I don't know. Dude, I, I, I like that because I can just imagine a lot of people who would have fallen into an ethical trap Yep. And lied, right? Um, for wanting to be to look valuable, right? And 
a manager doing the right thing, the effective thing, and sharing this with this information with them will give them the freedom, the, the, the confidence that they can say, I don't know, and not get themselves into trouble. I had a conversation. I mentioned this to somebody when I was traveling last week. I mentioned this podcast and somebody said, well, you know, you, you talk about lying. A lot of times you and Mike talk about lying. People don't really lie in the workplace. I said, well, oh, sure, really? okay. sure they do. Of course, of course they do. Of course they do. And he said, let's work through an example. And the example he gave was he's a new boss or I'm his new boss. He's a new direct of mine. And um, I asked him, um, we did both in a meeting and also one-on-one, -on -one, but I chose to focus on the one-on-one -on -one example. I disagreed that there was that much difference if we're talking about integrity, of course. And um, I posited the question to him in this little miniature role play created, which was, hey, do you know what you need to do there? And he said, well, here's a perfect example. I could say, I got this. Okay. And he says, it's not a lie because he didn't specifically say, yes, I know what to do, when in fact, he absolutely knows he doesn't know what to do. The way I answered him was, okay, I'll allow you that verbal construct there for a minute. But I would say we're, we're talking semantics here because in fact, you intend to mislead me. You are covering up your lack of knowledge. And rather than answering the question I put to you, do you know what you need to do? You say, I got this. You're bluffing. You're not answering the question directly and saying, I know what I need to do, or I don't know what I need to do. And if you don't know what you need to do and you say, I got this, you're basically saying, don't ask. I don't need you to be involved. You're essentially brushing past my potential offer to help you tell you what I would do in your situation to save you some time fumbling around in the dark. You're perhaps perceiving it as I may have to spend time teaching you something and you don't want to be perceived as not knowing this, even though you may be fairly new. I said to this guy, okay, fine. You're not lying, but you're destroying trust. And in the beginning, trust is super important. And we've already talked in this cast about the speed of trust. And I said, I I'll just tell you, I think it's a mistake. I think it's wrong. And to be clear, I don't want to be too morally superior. I've done it and I regret it. Yeah. And we don't recommend it. Yeah. We're not, we're not saints, right? We've all, yeah. we've all done. It. I, I, you know, but let's be clear when, when we do lie, we ought to be clear with ourselves and understand that we lied. And I, I think some people draw a distinction between misleading and lying. And I don't, I don't, you, you and I don't, we don't, yeah, no. we don't make that distinction. Now, for example, I, you know, I've met Brooke Shields. I've met Marie Osmond. I've met Sugar Ray Leonard, uh -huh. Toby Keith, I, you know, cool. a long list, Michael McDonald, a, a bunch of, right? Well, I've met them. If I describe myself as being friends with them, <laughs> you know, okay. Somebody said, well, you know, you know them, so, you know, you're friends. No, no. If right. I say I'm friends with them, that 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 implies a relationship that is not true, right? I've met them. I've shaken their hand. I've spoken with them. You know, years later, they wouldn't know me if I ran into them on the street, right? So there is no distinction in my mind between misleading and lying. And I think too many people draw a fine line there. Yeah, I've just seen it happen over and over again. And people want to impress. And what they don't realize is they may think they get away with it. 
But in fact, for many managers, that's a small nip, a small pinch, a small tear at the trust you're trying to build. That's ex- that's exactly right. And, when- and, and and heaven forbid, heaven forbid, if if Mike, if you were my boss and you asked me that, do you know what I need to do? And I say, I got this. And you said to me, no, stop. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what the next four or five steps are. And I start hemming and hawing. Mm. Now I'm caught. I'm caught. And we're not saying, guys, that you can't be positive, you can't be optimistic, you can't have a little bit of gung-ho in you. You could have easily said, I don't know what to do, but give me a chance to work on it. I'm totally motivated to make this happen. Yeah. Right? That could be okay. Um, but it's better to tell the truth early on, especially when you have a bit of a pass. And I think most managers would agree, yes. Now, if you're a manager and you think the day one, a guy should be just as good in your job as he was at the end of his last job, then you're nuts. It's, yeah. it's not going to happen. So Definitely. Is there something we can do with the rest of the team to help this a little bit? Yeah. Look, you, you tell your existing team to not just answer questions, but to proffer help without being asked. If you tell a new team member to be truthful, and he steps into a bit of a political swamp where your, your existing team, the, your directs, aren't supportive, then trustworthy behaviors won't take hold on the team. That's right. So we recommend you recommunicate and reinforce the supportive behaviors you expect of everyone every time somebody new comes to the team. And by the way, you have a great deal more leeway to do this if you're hiring the way we've recommended we have lots of data on which is to build the wall very high so that everybody in your team knows if somebody's gotten hired they've gone through a difficult process you've said no Uh, i'm presenting the effective interviewing conference tomorrow and i'm gonna one of the fundamental principles the first first half hour of the day is the purpose of interviewing is to say no and the point of that part of the point of that is so that the team knows if we end up saying yes to somebody they're good enough And if you tell people that somebody's good enough, they've been through the ringer, then they don't have to be feeling the person out. They don't have to be looking for weaknesses and deciding whether they're good enough or not. They can actually relax and say, I can help this person. I know they're good. I'm not wasting my time helping somebody who's not good enough, who's going to end up burning me later. This person is honest, they're hardworking, they're accomplished, and their skills match the the job. And we've all said yes to them. So why wouldn't the team be motivated to have them stay, right? Because this is a case of not hiring the wrong person, which the team, of course, hates every single time. So look, as much as we hate to think about it, our existing team members' knowledge, their knowledge of processes and systems and so on, logistics and people and so on, puts them at an advantage advantage relative to the new guy. Without their willingness to answer questions, to provide help, God forbid the new person always feels they need to come to you, without the team helping out, our guidance to the new team member to say, I don't know, could strain relationships with the existing team. And by the way, maybe when our existing team was new in their roles, we weren't their boss. And they struggled without help. They didn't get any help. And so maybe they think, well, you're new. You got to go through the rites of passage, which is dumb. Okay. It's dumb in an organizational workplace. Getting somebody up to speed faster, having them ask you and having you tell them 
this is the easy way to do it. If the way to learn things was to do it yourself and to struggle and to go through the hard knocks and experience yourself, then there wouldn't be a manager tools or a career tools. It's true. Okay. So don't be listening to us and then turn around and turn a deaf ear or don't reach out to somebody who's new on your team. Help them know what you know so sooner they can be delivering more value to your team and therefore to the organization. Look, if one of your directs is misaligned uh, with you and they don't realize that the job is to bring the new person up to speed, they could use that new person's questions against them. Oh, you know, he doesn't know anything. He comes to me all the time with stupid stuff that anybody would know. and It has nothing to do with whether or not he's ever worked here or not. And by the way, we mentioned goodwill. Salary compression happens where somebody comes into your organization and they actually get paid at the upper end of a range that some other people in your firm who have spent longer with the firm have taken time to get to. And if there's a presumption of that, which there often is, and your direct is not aligned to help the person, there's going to be discontent. There's going to be friction. And without us saying something, we just increase the chances for that happening. So take time in your staff meeting to remind everybody to actively help the new hire. Small bits of your direct's time will add up to make a big difference in how soon this new team member is valuable to everybody else. So do that in a staff meeting with everyone so everyone hears it together so everyone knows the message then and mike i keep intending to put together a cast about this but i haven't um, and i should the generic approach of there are some messages that you deliver to everyone all at once and then mm -hmm. you reinforce individually in your one-on-ones with subtle intonations depending upon the person you're talking to so after briefing everybody in the staff meeting so everybody knows it's the way you want it to go you then take time during each one of your one-on-ones with each one of your directs to provide individual guidance based on the nature of each person's work relationship to the new person on the team to the person who has the best relationships outside the team encourage them to share those relationships through maybe invites to meetings or coffees or lunches or uh, happy hour to the person who has the most knowledge of processes, encourage them to create a briefing and provide a walkthrough for the new, new person. Dude, I just, I just love that because I think often managers will say something like, hey, I'd like you to be helpful to Jim or to Mary, oh. right? Versus like knowing your people, right? You, you have one-on-ones with your folks. You know your people. Like when you ask them to be helpful, tell them specifically what being helpful looks like to them, what are the specific behaviors they can engage in that are, quote unquote, being helpful versus just throwing some generic phrase out there like being helpful? Yeah. And by the way, there are people who, when you say just be helpful, they think that being helpful is let the person figure it out on their own because that's what they did and they think of themselves as reasonably effective. Yeah. Or, or smiling as they're falling down the slope and into the, the pit of, of hell, you know? Yeah. We don't have a speech for this part. I don't have specific guidance, but it could easily sound like this. Look, guys, we have a new person on the team. I've told them it's okay to say, I don't know. I've told them very clearly that I expect them to tell the truth. And sometimes that means saying, I don't know, but I don't know is also a way for them to be comfortable admitting they don't know everything they need to know yet because they're still learning. Well, the other side of that coin is if somebody says, I don't know, you have to be eager to help them. Once you get hired, you're on the team. 
Once you leave the team, you're not anymore. Well, we remember our alumni fondly, of course. But it's hard to get onto this team because we have the right hiring standards. So what that means is now that he's here, now that she's here, they're a part of the team. I expect you to give them complete support. I'll give you an example. If you're not talking to them every day without them asking you a question and saying, what do you need? What do you need to know? What can I do for you? You're not doing enough. And it's not enough to walk by their cube on your way to a meeting and saying, hey, everything good? You good here? And have them say, yeah. And then you say to me later, oh, yeah, I asked them. They seem fine. That's not enough. You're going to walk into the cube. You have to sit down and say, hey, here are some things you might want to know. Or, hey, I noticed you're going to this meeting. Or, hey, I noticed you're working on this. Here's some things I found. Or, slightly less than that, you could say, what do you need help with? What can I do? Do you want to go to meetings with me? Is there stuff that I'm doing that you're interested in? Is there stuff that I can help you with? Tell me about your commute. Tell me about your schedule. Let me just mention something about schedule. Something that a lot of people miss with new team members is they don't have an installed base of meetings yet cluttering up their calendar. Encourage everybody in your team to actively ask for and schedule time with the new person and share with them how things work, with whom, when, why. Tell each one of them, look, if you're a manager and you've got individual contributors and they're going to have to learn how to report and brief on people, say, look, I want you to spend no more than a half an hour. Here's the PowerPoint template. It's four slides, roughly one per every 10 minutes. And I want each one of you to go over the major things you do, schedule 30 to 45 minutes, each one of you with, with the new person, and to go over what you do and how you do it what your expertise is, what you like, what you don't like, so on. And I expect you to work hard to include that person in the team. They should be able to tell me in two weeks. I want to be able to hear from them in two weeks. The team is really reaching out to me. Now, look, if we reach out and they don't reciprocate, we have to give them some time. Now, six months from now, that's different. But for now, we're going to work hard to include them, to teach them, to tolerate them, to respect that they don't know stuff yet, and we're going to be the ones that teach them. We're not going to make them learn it themselves because that's the better way. It's not. That takes longer. And it encourages people to mislead, and we don't want that. Simple. So let me summarize. Beginnings are delicate times, as we've heard before. Trust is priceless. And therefore, if it's priceless, once it's broken, it resists being purchased again. Do the right things early and you'll ensure a long, healthy, effective relationship with your new team members. And perhaps the most important thing, one of the things that goes without saying is integrity. Telling the truth is a core part of being a professional or part of any organization that is effectively managed. Agreed. Thanks, my friend. Anytime, partner. All right. We'll see you, man. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.